the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. And welcome to Come Together San Diego, and this is the uh, last month of the calendar uh, month, and what we do in this last Saturday, uh, we do a thing called the Align with Zion Hour with our one of our favorite Israeli people, Anarina Hyman, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm festive with you uh, today, Anarina, because uh, we've been doing this for some time now, and uh, w- what a blessing it has been on this side of the microphone. I don't know about you. You probably have just been putting up with us, but uh, it's wonderful to kind of uh, uh, excavate uh, the, the Scripture, the Tanakh, from an Old Testament perspective and, and see the uh, Orthodox Jewish perspective and Kaz tossing a little bit of uh, uh, of Gentile mindset in there too. <laughs> to have you have a few headaches and challenges, but we get past that. <laughs> yes, it's an honor to be with you, and it's an honor to be able to share the Jewish heart with the listeners and the tremendous love and support that we feel from from um, from your side as well. So thank you for the time that we can spend together. Much appreciated. It's a pleasure, and you need to know that San Diego County, all of all of the listeners here. On Come Together San Diego, L-O-V-E-Y-O-U. So, so uh, we're, we're thrilled when you have insights like that. Well, this is a, a kind of a special time in a lot of different ways. This is actually another what they call a change of another month. Uh, we've just come mm-hmm. out of uh, one month into the ninth month. The Hebrew calendar month is called Kislev. And, you know, there are a lot of months in, that we've gone through in the past that are tied to mm-hmm. or leading mm-hmm. up to feasts and festivals. Now, this is the time frame where mm-hmm. you could call it a downtime, but it's not really a mm-hmm. downtime. It's time for preparation for the wild and crazy times soon to come. So what, I'm going to hand it off to you. And this month of Kislev uh, is, is a deep, sometimes you may say deep, dark month, but there's uh, things mm-hmm. happening beneath the ground in the midst of this dark month. Anarina Hyman, lay it on us. Correct. Thank you, Kev. Yes, it's the ninth month. Um, it's called Kislev. Um, it's the month of the bow. And it's in this month that um, God gave us the rainbow. But it's also on the horizon we see in the stars the bow as well. Yeah, and um, when you say I bow, you mean like bow and arrow, not a nice little yes, bow on yes, a gift somewhere. The, yeah, this uh, Sagittarius is the, is the star sign of this month. And again, just reminding the, 
listeners that God governs his world through the, the, the stars and the sun and the moon. We can see that in Psalms 19. Not that we worship it, but that we acknowledge that that is part of the system of God's governance. Yes. So in this month, we see the bow. And it is now when I speak to you, it's, it's dark in Israel. In the summer months, um, we have two, three hours ahead of us. Um, that's still light, but right now you can you can feel that winter is coming, um, and it's it, it's dark. The sun sets um, quite early, so this is very interesting because you know we should not be afraid of the dark. We should harness the hidden secrets of of these months because through through the test and the trials of of the of darkness as well, that is the thing that will propel you forward into into the next. Um, um, stages of your life as well. Yes. We just need to understand how to embrace it. And we also know that um, in this time, it's almost like you're under anesthetics. Hashem, God needs to do a little bit of operations and it's hands off time. So he, he will put you a little bit into dormancy, into hibernation so that he can do just, there are changes that are happening spontaneously yes. without us being busy in it can in I, this month. Can, can I use yeah. an analogy here and tell me if I'm right on or say, no, Kaz, we'll fix this. We'll, we'll, we'll edit that out. Thank you very much. Well, you know, the, the, the scripture talks about natural things, uh, drawing a picture for supernatural things. And in the natural, yeah. uh, during the dark time, we, we sleep. Our body rests, literally, li- literally rests. And uh, uh, God has an unusual access to us in our sleep times that he probably can't get to us as well in our daylight times because our minds are, are so busy. But he can communicate lots of different things to us. But it also, from, from a physical standpoint, the body needs rest. And this dark time, while, while people can be afraid of the dark, if they allow God's purpose behind the darkness to give us rest, then we're revitalized for the next day. That's it, Kat. I will see you and I will raise you on, on this one. <laughs> um, that's what Psalm 23, the most beloved psalm for all of us, um, basically says. It says that he makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us to the waters of um, repose. And remember, we're in the month of, of the flood. We're in the month of the waters. We're in the month of cleansing and reset. So it goes together with that. And then it goes on and it says, and we spoke about this before. It says, you renew my life because you are guiding me. And it's not on the paths of righteousness. It's on the cycles of righteousness. So even here, um, King David reminds us that this is part of the cycle. And this is where the rest and the repose is coming in, where we can um, just relax a little bit so that um, if, if we are moving with God, it will take us spontaneously into um, what is going to happen next. I, I love that. And you know, I'm going to continue this analogy just a little bit further about the sleep time. Uh-huh. Um, one of the things that happens during the sleep time in the, of the ground and of the earth, uh, just like uh, the Lord can plant uh, his visions and heart cry into us as we sleep, he plants in a, in a very symbolic way his visions and plans for the earth and the earth's mm-hmm. purpose in these times, too, because this is a time for 
not only planting, but in the dark time, it is time for the soil gets tilled, or the scripture talks about breaking up fallow ground and planting of the seeds so that those seeds can germinate and do what they're supposed to be doing during the dark times. And uh, that's what he wants to do in the earth, in the natural, and in the earth, in the spiritual. Hey, that's us. So we've got about uh, four minutes or so. Uh, I'm going to have you bring this section to a close and set it up for the next section. My friend, you are going to love what Honorina has to say, because I've seen her notes. (laughs) (laughs) It's right in front of you. (laughs) So we are sharing notes, guys. And yeah, just on that, basically, um, this Easter time where the rain will soften the ground, preparing it for for the the tilling and the planting. And, And I want the listeners to remember this because there is a prophecy that's connected to this that we will discuss in the next, um, section where uh, one of the prophets really touch on this. But you have also mentioned in your notes that I have in front of me, the, the scripture of Daniel 2.22. Yes. So, Kat, if you can just share that one, and then I will finish with Jeremiah 33. That's also important. I love it. Daniel 2.22. I love the book of Daniel because that is not only a, mm-hmm. a then book, but it is a now book, and it is a future book as well. And here's the scripture. That's it says, it. he reveals the deep and the secret things and he knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells in him. A uh, very meditative thought, I would say, Honorina. There we go. And, and, and we need to learn from what's happening in this month, and there's also a festival connected to this month, how to bring that light into the darkness. And I just want to finish off, um, Cass, by saying, um, if the listeners want to go to Jeremiah 33, uh, it starts there, uh, where it says, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time while he was still confined in the prison compound as follows. And we know that, um, that, that that's a dark place. It's, it's not the, if you come to the city of David, you will also see the pit where they, they kept him. So it's, it's, he's, he's in, he can hear things happening, but he's in the prison himself. And, and look at what God says in verse 2. It says, thus says the Lord, who is planning it, because we spoke about the, the tilling of the, uh, the ground, the, the planting, and that goes together with us in modern day life, planning. So here God says he's planning. The Lord who is shaping it to bring it about, whose name is the Lord, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you wondrous things. Oh, I love love that. You have to be in that place of confinement and hibernation and dormancy because that's where God then infuses and and tell you he will tell you about the wondrous things and the secret things that right. are about to happen. And so you did a nice job of <clears throat> setting up the next segment and beyond. And uh, I hope I don't offend the mamas and the papas too much. But what we're going to be talking about in this next segment and beyond is something like dream a little dream of me, ba do ba do ba do do. Honorina Hyman and I will be sorry, Honorina, sorry, mamas and the papas, but we'll be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. 
and dream a little dream of me. Ha ha! Arena Hyman and Kaz uh, aligned with Zion Hour on Come Together San Diego. How thrilled we are to communicate with you about this ninth month in the Hebrew calendar called Kislev. Ain't that right, Arena Hyman? That's it, Cass. That's it. One of the things that I really love about this month, it really, it, when I say the term, it goes deep. I mean this in the natural and spiritual <laughs> way as well. It gives us a time to actually go deep into uh, God gives his children rest. Scripture talks about that. And he wants to mm-hmm. give us rest. And But as he rests, he has some ulterior motives there. He starts implanting <laughs> things in us. We think we're just resting, but he's going, this is my time to really get the intimate stuff in there. And, and a, lot of, a lot of the times, and this happens with me and my wife as well, she goes, I had a dream. I have no clue what that means. And she shares it with me. I'm going, this is one that only God knows the answer to. Thank you very much. <laughs> but he, he does. He uses this time, doesn't he, to instill dreams. And sometimes these are dreams that you can use in a vision for the future. Or these are dreams maybe that can console us or uh, make us aware or be aware of things that are on the forefront of our lives. So, Honorina, I'm going to hand it off to you. Yes. Uh, for the listeners, for all of us, just this one statement, Kaz, is you are allowed to rest. You are allowed to sleep. You have to sleep. You have to go into a deep sleep for restoration to take place. But it's in that sleep where dreams come about. It's in that sleep that God infuses vision again into your life. So, so we should not, you know, in the modern day life, when we are so busy, we, we, we sort of forget the fact that, that this is actually as important to God. And we see that in the Shabbat as well. Um, we'll talk about that. But I wanted um, the listeners to go with me to Psalm 127. This is, uh, is very, very important regarding sleep. Um, Psalm 127, the Song of Ascent of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders, its builders labor in vain on it. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman keeps vigil in vain. In vain do you rise early and stay up late, um, you who toil for the bread that you eat. And then, interesting enough, uh, the, the Hebrew goes on and it just says, Can you ten Yes, God gives sleep to his beloved. It's not what he gives in his sleep to the beloved. God gives sleep to his beloved. That it's a gift from God for you to sleep. And it should not be, you know, sometimes we, we struggle to fall asleep and everything. And it's actually because we're so busy in our thoughts for the next day that we don't acknowledge the, the, the value of sleep, and especially in the, in the days that we live in, Kaz. I like it. You know what else I found as I was strolling through this uh, Psalm 127? Uh-huh. Uh, and you'll be proud uh-huh. of me for actually connecting the dots on this because you always connect the dots. And you go, it's about time you found that, Kaz. But we're talking about the month of Kislev, which is a month of the bow. And what happens with the bow? You have arrows. And one of the things it says in, in, in here in the... Uh, in my KJV, King James Version, uh, Psalm 127, yeah. verse 4, it says, um, As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of of the youth. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we, we know that's talking about... Uh, uh, being being fruitful and multiplying and having having children and the Bible talks about your your quiver is full but it is also an, an, an illustration or a communication about this month of Kislev being the month of the Correct. bow when arrows are fired out I love that 
That's it. And that's why we said the test, like we said in the previous section, the test and the darkness that you go through is that thing that is launching you. It's the bow that launches you out. You are the arrow. And he says it in Isaiah 49 as well, that you are the arrow that he formed. And it's these tests and trials that propel you forward. This is the way, the bow that exactly cast. Well done. Well spotted. <laughs> so, so now I would like to take you and the listeners to something else because we're in the ninth month. And we also said that every month has a specific character and it's not by happenstance that the, that the prophets will say specific things in that month because it will always be connected to the character of that month. So we're going to go to Haggai or Haggai the prophet. And um, his prophecies come to an end in, 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 in this part. So let's yes. see what is happening there, Kat, if you want to go with me. I, I'm um, happy to go with you. And the other thing is, my listening friend, when you read in the the Tanakh or the Old Testament, you go, oh, those were nice things for back then. But you have to really realize that when you listen to the words of Haggai or Haggai, you're going to realize that the words are directive and instructive for us today. And even the things that are going on in the world today, in Israel today, in the United States today, and and onward. So go ahead, Honorina. Cass, that's a biblical principle that you say there, and we said it there before. So let's look at that. It says, um, in verse 10, chapter 2, verse 10, it says here, On the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, Darius the word of the Lord came to um, Haggai. Yes. And then we have here um, uh, God asking a ruling. Um, and I'm not going to really go into it, but it speaks about um, impure things touching pure things and pure things touching impure things and what happens there. What you see in the next few verses is a beautiful example of the oral Torah being applied in the Tanakh. If you ever wanted to know what the oral Torah is, it's right there in front of you where there has to be a ruling on a certain um, aspect. But then God goes on and he says... Um, and let's go to to verse 15. And now take thought from this day backward. As long as no stone had been laid on another in the house of the Lord. Remember we spoke in Psalm 127 about building the house. Yes. Now let's see what house, because now we get to, to, to the real house and the building of the house. And if we speak about the house of God, um, Cass, we don't speak about anything else but the temple of God that needs to be rebuilt, the third temple, in, in, in the future times. Um, and that's why, as you say, this is not just a prophecy for something that happened, it's also for something that needs to happen. So it says here, as long as no stone had been laid on another in the house of the Lord, if one came to a heap of 20 measures, it would be 10. Um, the wine would be 50, and then it will only um, heal 20. And then God says, I struck you with blight and mold you. And now uh, we get to verse 18. I'm just jumping through the verses. So we get to verse 18 and he says, take note from this day forward. From the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day when the foundation was laid for uh, the Lord's temple. This is very interesting, Cass, because we also know that um, in the previous month of Cheshvan, um, Solomon finished the first uh, temple, so we're just a month after that. But here he says, from this day forward, 
From the day that the foundation is laid, that, that means that God says, I can see something. I can see that you've done something. I can see that you've taken a step forward in, in what is on my heart and my mind, and that is my house. He says, take note, note. while the seed is still in the granary and the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree have not yet borne fruit. So remember now, this is the time of planting. Yes. This is the time of filling the ground. And in this month when just before you were about to put the seed in the ground, this is exactly what God speaks about here. He says, just before you going out with the seed that, it, that did not yield anything for you in the past, and you are frightened about what's going to happen in the future because you know it doesn't yield. From this day forward that you have made an effort and the foundation is laid, now he's going to bless it. And he says, um, so from this day on, I will send blessings. And then it goes on and it says, and the word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day. So again, on the same day, and this is very important, Cash, because this is what we're going to see in the world so please take note on this. Speak to Zerubbabel and Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah. I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, and I will, will overturn the thrones of kingdoms and destroy the might of the kingdoms of the nations. While we're recording this, in this week's um, news, Iran started to, to do the nuclear yes. to enrich the uranium again. So God says on this 24th day of the ninth month, which will be within um, three weeks from this recording, yes. when it will be um, um, forecasted, God says the earth and the heavens will shake again and I will start shaking the kingdoms. And I'm finishing with this. Um, he says here, I will overturn the chariots and the horses and the riders. Just remember, in, in Bible talk, in biblical context, when we speak about riders and horses and chariots, it means the power of man. Everything that you, that is, is your power. Not yes. by might, nor by power, by, but, but by, by my the spirit. spirit of God. Says, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. So he says, <laughs> all this power that you put all your trust in, that stuff is going to start Ooh. falling. Yes, yes, so yes. This is the month in which that shaking might take place. Um, it's always an auspicious time. It will be in this month. Um, and I think we might be expecting something I, well, in I this like year it. to come. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about that in the future segment. So uh, I, I'm thrilled. And my listening friend, I hope you're beginning to uh, see that God's plans, they're, they're never meant to really take you too much by surprise because he's foreordained these and foretold these for you to be aware. So you're not caught unaware. So Anarina Hyman of Align with Zion and alignwithzion.com and I will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Frank Harper, pastor in North County. We need more of God this time than we've ever needed Him before. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. We're in very important times. We're in this, what we call the ninth month of the Hebrew calendar, Kislev. But th there are so many lessons to be ingrained there. And a lot of them have to do with not only the planting of 
the seed in preparation, but dreams and visions and the character of God is brought in full display during this period of time. And the things that are going on in Israel right now that are tied to this, we read in the book of Haggai uh, about um, prophetic things that were really tied to not only the temple, but to uh, evil things coming in, and we need to be aware of those things and God, how God uses those things. So I just want to draw your attention, my listening friend, if you really want to know what's going on, get comfortable with his Tanakh or the Old Testament and know how he is preparing things for us. It should not take us by surprise. And uh, the things that are going on in Israel politics and the things that are going on in American politics and Honorina reminded me, but also Great Britain, I suspect you could probably find this in uh, uh, local politics as well, because this theme is real and this is the time frame for them. Uh, A brief comment about that, because I know you want to get into this next uh, celebratory time of uh, Hanukkah. So uh, why don't you you put a period at at my exclamation point here and then jump on in. Thank you, Kaz. <laughs> so, so yeah, just just to sum up, we saw in Haggai. Let's, uh, we're going to do a lot of chiz um, in this um, in this uh, broadcast. So, in the prophet Haggai, we saw two things. Number one, that the foundation of God's house brings blessing, um, and and we need to be focused on that. My question again, are you aligned with Jerusalem? Are you aligned with the understanding of the third temple being built? Have you looked at the plans of Ezekiel where it speaks of that? If you cannot physically build it, study it. Um, in, In Jewish thought, as you study, you build and that's why that's very, very important. So, but three things are happening here in this month, Cass. The first one is on the um, 24th of this month. Um, it, that's when the Haggai prophecy is being done. Um, then that night of um, just following it, the festival of Hanukkah starts, and we will look at that right now. And three days or two days into Hanukkah, because it's a, a festival of Eight days, we have the time when the flood ends. So you can see three major dates that are coming together in, uh, in one week. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about Hanukkah, because Hanukkah is about bringing the light in the darkest hour. When we are getting to the darkest, deepest time of winter, that's when we light the Hanukkah candles. That's when we draw literally the light from the heaven into our world to, 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 to propel us forward. And it's, it's very, very interesting. So today we just want to tell the listeners a little bit about Hanukkah. So you will time us, Kaz. We have this um, section and the next section right. um, just <clears> to... <throat> To enlighten the enlighten the listeners yes. about the festival of Hanukkah. Uh, l- 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 let me intercede mm-hmm. here to my my listening friends, so you yeah. need to know where this Hanukkah. And I, I'm helping uh, Anarina along the way help her pronounce this properly. But this this actually this uh, festival, this celebration, this uh, hallmark time frame actually happens this year. Uh, begins actually on uh, what we would call December 25th, Christmas. Uh, a Hanukkah feast of dedication. Uh, uh, actually, uh, it actually starts. Cat, it starts. It starts on the twenty third. It, 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 it starts, it starts, starts on the twenty third. The evening of the twenty second, yeah. right? Isn't that right? 
into the twenty third, and with within that is December twenty fifth and beyond. But you need to know that uh, uh, that uh, this is uh, this celebratory time uh, is uh, of ancient derivation, but it is it, mm-hmm. uh, is continuing today. And the the truths that are embedded here, you're going to love. So there you go, Honorina. Jump on in. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Kat. So where um, and how does Hanukkah fit in? It comes in the times, Hanukkah, the word means the inauguration, inauguration of the temple. So everything again around God's house. There was a massive, massive battle in the deepest spiritual world to, to, for uh, the battle for light. And that had to do with God's house. And it comes in the times of the Greeks, in the Hellenistic times. Um, the Hellenist that, that we've heard of, and, and, and that word in Greek actually means enlightenment. But the problem that we have here is the Hellenists were those people that were enlightened in the wrong way. Um, they thought that philosophy um, now overtakes any kind of religion, etc., etc. But we know that every science is tremendously important, but it has its roots in God's word. And at the end of the day, philosophy and any kind of science that you will have will always come around to, to prove the Torah. So, so yes. this is what happened. And we have these people with, I would almost want to say, it was the, the battle between the dark light because they thought that they were enlightened yes. and the true light. So, so it's also called Chag Ha'orim or the Festival of Light. And it starts literally in the darkest hour um, when we go from Kislev into the month of Tevet, and the month of Tevet is a very hard month. It's a, spiritually, it, it's a very difficult month. It's also the time when Jerusalem was besieged, and from there, uh, a chain of events happened. So, very important to, to understand that. So, so, let's look at Hanukkah. It, um, just in, a little bit in, in the history itself. Hanukkah. Anarina is Hanukkah. I'm sorry. Hanukkah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kaz. <laughs> Maybe it's just not coming over over the, the line here, but I promise you that it's Hanukkah on this line. Okay. I'm loving this, actually. I'm just loving this. Go ahead, Anna-Rie. I've got Kaz with a little whistle. Every time when there's no Kaz, or if the not um, evident, then I have to do it again. Okay, Kaz, let's do it. So in the book of Daniel, we also read about it. It was prophesied, but we also know it walked out literally in um, history, of course, because the prophets, the prophets know what they talk about. The four horns after that came after the uh, one of the beasts, and this was Alexander the Great when he died. Um, his empire split into four kings, and Israel fell under uh, the, the domain of uh, Ptolemy. Um, afterwards, the Seleucid king um, actually came, and he and his name was um, Antiochus. Um, Epiphanes, that's, that's the Greek. I think you guys say Antiochus Epiphanes. Yes. So basically, this guy, his name literally means um, God made manifest. So man is God made manifest. And this man comes and he. Say that again? Wow, and, say that again? Yeah, so his name means God made manifest. Epiphany, you can hear the word Epiphany actually in it. So, so this king comes and he is now going to battle um, a tremendous spiritual battle against 
the Jewish people. Now, we spoke about this, Kaz. Um, Greek actually means, or is actually pronouncing Yavan in, in Hebrew. Yavan, we also spoke about it when we spoke about the Hebrew letters, where we basically said that um, we fast on the day when the Hebrew Bible, the Tanakh and the Torah, was translated into Greek. We took a multi-dimensional universe, and, and that's a crude ex, um, uh, explanation of it, um, but we, a multi-dimensional universe was now flattened into a translation into Greek. Um, and you can remember, Kath, when we spoke, every letter in the Hebrew language is a world in itself. So yes. it's impossible to bring it over in any kind of language. And then from Greek, it went into all the other translations. So yes. the word Yavan actually means murky. It's, it's when you walk in waters that are very shallow and it, it, um, you, you kick up the dust into the water and mm. it becomes very murky and you can't make sense of things. My. That's what it means. And that's what the, 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 the actual language also did yes. to, to, to the truth of uh, God. So uh, that's what happened, and I think we should speak in the next section. Yes, we're, we're setting this up. We're, we're setting up uh, yeah. this major battle, uh, not only between good and evil, but between human perceptions and God's uh, directives. Sometimes we can get it wrong, and uh, the enemy of our soul wants us to get it wrong, and uh, this is mm-hmm. a real battle time. This is a battle time, and God is telling us to beware and be prepared. And uh, Anarina Hyman with Align with Zion and AlignWithZion.com in our special hour. We're talking about some deep and heavy stuff, but important stuff to help you prepare for the future. So Anarina Hyman and the topic of Hanukkah and Kaz. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. I love what Honorina set the stage for in the last segment. We're talking about uh, this month, uh, uh, but Kislev, but also we're talking about this time frame called Hanukkah. Okay, so we are in the festival of Hanukkah, and we just spoke about um, this man, this king, this illicit king that, that actually started to wage war. But it was not just a normal war. When, when they came, and you can actually see it in the city of David, you visited it with me, there is actually a little bit of the remains of a massive, massive building that was built in this time in the city of David, the city of David being the true location of the ancient biblical Jerusalem. So what he did was, uh, what the Greeks actually did was, firstly, let's talk about the physical um, things that they did. They built a massive, massive building between the city, in the neck of the city, so between the city and Temple Mount, called the Chakra or the Akra, you can hear the word Acropolis in it, um, a massive building. And this building actually blocked out the view from the city to the temple. Now, you know what happens if somebody blocks your view to something. You start, to, you start looking right and left and anywhere else because you can't focus on the thing that you should be focused on. So, so it was a very psychological warfare, um, what they did. But more than that, Cass, um, in came the Greeks, they wanted to have some kind of liberal 
thinking in, 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 in Jerusalem and with the Jewish people as well. So, you know, they came with the approach, hi guys, we hear that you have a God, we have lots of gods, let's have a God party. Oh and you can just imagine the Jewish people saying, sorry, um, you have no idea, our God is the most high God, there is no comparison, he's not many gods, he's one and we, there is no way that we can just throw this into your equation. Yes. It's not going to work. I, I need to that, say something. Let me. I know you're. Uh, you're going to say, Kaz, I was on, on a roll here. But uh, <laughs> one of the things that I realized okay. when you, you walked me through that that the, the excavations there, and you said you yeah. notice anything? You, you, there was some ground that was being excavated that was uh, uh, <laughs> not of Hebrew uh, construction, and I noticed that it was a little askew. You, you know, there, there was an alignment in in the in the Jewish construction in the in, in God's directives for the construction there was an alignment mm-hmm. and a consistency and you had me look at this foundation of the other thing and it was it was uh, you know obviously professionally created but it, it was a skew from the other stuff it was kind of taking your attention off uh, and if you if you use the analogy it was like taking your attention mm-hmm. off God's way and giving a substitute for that and say here's the substitute that's the thing, Kaz. Uh, and what you speak about is the Roman city in the towns of the Romans that yes. was built on top of the, um, the, the the original city and given a new name as well. And it doesn't, it didn't go perpendicular because then you will be on the same um, foundations again. It was skewed a little bit, so you can, you know, that truth is or deception is always ninety five percent truth and just Ooh. a little bit. But the but the the Greeks went much further. Basically, what they did is when they heard that the Jewish people refused to give up on on their understanding um, of God and their relationship with God, they did something very very interesting. They said to them, "Fine, you guys can do whatever you want. There are three things that you are not allowed to do. The first one is the Brit or the circumcision. Um, The second one is the Shabbat, and the third one is the new month." Now, these three things can basically rip out the, it guts out the, the, uh, the, 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 the center, the nucleus of God's connection with the Jewish people. First, the circumcision is the sign of the covenant. So it, it is the covenant that the Jewish people have on them. And, and this is where the Greeks said, no circumcision anymore. The, the second thing was Shabbat. We don't have to speak about that. You know how important Shabbat is. Shabbat stands center in, 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 in the way that God governs his world. The third one that the listeners might not know about is the, the new month, the blessing of the new month. And we have seen now that every month has a different character. And as we bless the new month, we bring in, um, we introduce that into, into the world. And there are a few scriptures there, even before the, the, the Jewish people uh, stood before God in Mount, at Mount Sinai. God already gave that commandment before that to Moses. We see it again in Numbers 10, uh, verse 10. And we see it in 1 Samuel 20, 18, where David himself, the whole um, um, situation that plays itself out between, between Saul and David and Jonathan, all uh, revolving around the, the new moon and, and the new month. So, the, the, again, that is, it's part of, um, it, it's a central part of God's governance. And this is what the Greeks said, 
you can't do that anymore. But more than that, Cass, they went to the temple, they desecrated the temple, they slaughtered pigs on the altar, and yes. they put up a massive, massive idol of Jupiter or this right there. So, so all of that happened, and that's when the Jewish people said, enough. The priests went and they battled against the Greeks. And what happened here was they stormed the Temple Mount. They, they, they took Temple Mount back from the Greeks. And during this massive battle, remember that everything, everything was desecrated. But they found, and this is, this is where you, you get goosebumps, because this is the the Rahamin, the, the mercy of God, the grace of God that we see in every story, in every salvation that the Jewish people have seen. They found one flask of pure oil still intact. Now, this is very important to know. It takes seven days, guys, to make pure oil. So even if you want to go and get the olives and presses and whatever, it takes seven days to get it ready. So they went, what are we going to do? We have nothing here. Um, if we like it now, there will be six days before we can get to the next um, oil. So, so what to do? And that's when they decided we will um, light the menorah um, as flimsy as it is. Um, it can't even stand correctly, but we will take the oil and we will light the menorah. And a miracle happened, Cass. A miracle happened because in our part- partnership with God, he comes and he takes over. And that oil that was supposed to burn for one day burned for eight days. More than enough time for the Jewish people to make new oil. So they, they pushed in the light right there into the most desecrated place. And God said, I will make this um, um, light last for eight days. And that's why we celebrate Hanukkah for eight days. My, my. And just for, just for the, the tourists or the listeners that would like to come and visit Israel, sometimes people get confused because we know that the menorah has seven branches. But then you come to Israel and sometimes you see that there's a menorah <laughs> yes. with nine, nine yes, branches. Yes, yes, yes. So, oh my goodness, this must have been a mistake. They made this in China. <laughs> And they don't know that there are nine huh? branches on this thing. <laughs> Actually, not that. Um, this specific menorah is called a Chanukiah. It has the nine branches because it's got the center branch with the eight. And every night we light one more candle and the light grows stronger. And, and, this is, and I'm finishing on this cast. Basically, what we do is in the darkest time, when, when everything wanted to desecrate God's governance and his partnership with us in the world at his house. We spoke about the house of God so many times in this um, um, session. It's in that time that we, in partnership with God, light the, the menorahs, light the Hanukkiahs, and we draw the heavenly light into our world. Can you imagine every Jewish house all over the world, but especially here in um, Israel, and every house, we, we put it at our windows. You walk past the windows, you see in every window a Hanukkiah, and we advertise the, the miracle and we draw the light into this world. Yes, yes, That's yes. the story of Hanukkah. Yes, yes, the story of Hanukkah. And, and we thank you, Anarina, for sharing that with us. And my listening friend, uh, you need to know that the Tanakh 
is the Word of God, and it's the Word of God. And anything that we, uh, we Gentiles, many of us embrace uh, the Christian faith, but you need to know the Tanakh is the revered Word of God. It's everything is there. Everything starts there. And to disregard those things, like the Greeks were telling the Jews, uh, no more circumcision, no more Shabbat celebration, uh, no more uh, new month celebrations. So they were basically telling them to disregard the truths that were embedded in God's word. And God is saying to you right now, my friend, he says, I want you to embrace and understand God's word. And that's one of the things that really draws me to Honorina Hyman and Align with Zion and AlignWithZion.com. You need to check it out, my listening friend. And Honorina, thank you for spending this stimulating hour with me on this. Guess what's happening in the next segment here? In the next hour, we're actually going to stay in Israel. <laughs> and we're going to be visiting with a person who's a friend of Honorina in Jerusalem and in Golan, in the Golan, uh, Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz. And he's a, he's a journalist, and you know him, don't you, Honorina? I'm happy to, to have another Jewish Israeli um, with you. And thank you, Kat, yes, yes, and thank yes. you for this, this it, hour. It's a pleasure. And major insights coming soon, so do not go away. Stay with us, because I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos, Poway, and K29CR, Encinitas. FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego. K-Praise. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Cash Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world, world. And welcome, my friends. I've been excited about doing this one hour. And you know I dip in and out of uh, Israel and Jerusalem with uh, my friend Anarina Hyman as we do the Align with Zion hour. But I had an opportunity to run across a journalist, a remarkable journalist. His name is Adam Berkowitz. And he is in Israel, and we're spending this hour with Adam. He 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 writes um, for a, for a publication called Breaking Israel News, BreakingIsraelNews.com. And I had a, I ran across a few of his articles when I was researching other things, and I said this is one of the most balanced journalists I've ever read because he has compassion for every side of the story, and he kind of puts it out there uh, open heartedly and. Uh, it's, it was just ca- captivating. So I said, you know, let's bring this person on. So, Adam Perkowitz, here you are. <laughs> well, I, I hope I live up to that uh, that wonderful description you just gave. Uh, um, I, I hope I do. I, I pulled back about 50%. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Let, let's talk just a little bit about uh, the who, why, what, and where of Adam. Uh, how do I pronounce your middle name? Elihu? Uh, Eliyahu. It's, Eli- it's Eliyahu. Elijah. Oh, I love this. So, I love this. Uh, because we know right. that uh, the Tanakh speaks a lot about Elijah and especially uh, uh, the influence of the character of Elijah in these last days. So I have a suspicion that uh, the creator of the universe uh, named you wisely. And so is Adam Elihu uh, Berkowitz. Eliyahu. Eliyahu. As in Yahoo. I like that. I may get it right, I may get it wrong as we go, and you'll, you'll gently correct me along the way. I entrust you to do that, Adam. <laughs> so, so, so you're a journalist, 
And mm-hmm. you, you're writing stories uh, of what frequency? How often are you published, Adam? Well, I have, to, I have uh, two deadlines a day, which is a pretty uh, frenetic pace. Um, but <clears throat> I write specifically about what we call Geula, which is the redemption, the, the process of redemption. And I, <laughs> I really needed a job uh, almost five years ago. And so when uh, Rabbi uh, Tuli Weiss um, said to me, you know, I want stories on redemption. Can you do two a day? I was like, sure, I could. I was a little concerned. But, you know, we live, we are, we are so blessed to live in such remarkable times that if you just look around, you can see the Messiah, the redemption, you can see miracles, it's all unfolding. It, it, it's really, I, I have too much to write. <laughs> you know, yes, I, yes, I have yes. a backlog. You know, I have an observation about this, and every once in a while I'll throw my observation. I'll say, Adam, am I, from your perspective, am I on or not? The entire uh, story in the Tanakh is actually the heart cry of the Creator wanting to redeem his kids back to that intimate relationship. So redemption is the hallmark of everything. You know, you have, sometimes you have to dig more deeply than others, but the whole uh, Scripture, uh, the main theme of the whole Scripture is redemption in my heart. So, uh, you know, you you abstract in some ways, but you go, how can I come up with that many stories? Well, uh, deal with the content of the Tanakh, the Torah, and uh, there you are. (laughs) Want to talk about that briefly? I I, I used to teach Tanakh, and if you can read it in a certain way, that the the Bible, um, not so much the Old Testament, but definitely the prophets and the writings, are really just a connect collection of uh, headlines. Uh, you know, these are things that actually happened, and these are the important things that were happening. Yes, so you've yes, got yes. all these headlines, and and so that's how I see it right now. If if we were going to write a new book of of the of the writings of the prophet, what would we want in that book? And that's where I get my articles from. And it's not so hard to find them. They're, they're, right, they're happening right in front of us. Yes. And, I, you know, I pay close attention to words of people. One of the, one of the phrases you use there is before you said uh, collection, you almost said connection. And I said he would be right in both <laughs> counts because it is not only a collection of those things, but it is a connection uh, not only from yesterday and today into the future, but it's a connection um, of, of God and uh, with with mankind, so I think you're right on on every count. Look, can, we we've got about that's, five. That's absolutely true. When, when, I just want to say when we talk about prophecy, prophets spend very little time saying um, what the future is. What they generally do is they come in and they and they show you what your past was in a way that you didn't see it before. Then then they show you what your present is in a way that you didn't see it before, and then the future becomes very clear. Yes. So, for example, in the news, what we're looking at. You know, people will say, oh, we're this, we're that, and these people are good and these people are bad. And you're like, no, <laughs> these people are actually really bad, and you're connecting with them, and then you have to reassess your uh, your present, and then the future becomes totally different. Yes, yes. I'm going to take a, take a minute right here and ask you to tell people how they can find out about your articles and how they can find them and read them, and uh, give me the, the website and information that we uh, in the United States of America can dig more deeply into uh, Adam Berkowitz. Sure. sure. Okay, lay it on me. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, in break. I write on breakingisraelnews.com. Breakingisraelnews.com. Um, 
com. That's it. That's uh, simple enough. Um, I'm the feature articles writer, so we can we have a lot of news. We have video. Um, I should say that we're not responsible for the ads, but of course the uh, the the articles themselves uh, should be perfectly acceptable to anyone who uh, reads the Bible. We're not trying to convert. However, we believe very strongly um, in a co- connection between uh, pro-Israel Christians and Jews. Yes. We think that that is, is an essential part of the unfolding uh, redemption, and we, we work towards that. L- let me so. take a, a word you said and have you define it more clearly here. You identified uh, the Christians, uh, of at least the ones to whom you speak most frequently as the pro-Israel Christians. Mm-hmm. Would you, from your perspective, and this, I'm not trying to, to, to twist your arm or anything, I just like to know definitions on this. So would you define pro-Israel Christians versus non-pro-Israel Christians? Uh, mm-hmm. give, give me your def- definition in there so we can uh, be speaking the same terms. Well, um, when I say pro-Israel, it's, it's, it's not just about Israel. I'm finding that today, and, and, and I've spoken to rabbis um, who tell me that in the end of days, there are no fence-sitters. The whole, I mean, I don't know about you, I'm, I'm 57, 58 years old. No fence-sitters in the last day. That's a quotable quote, no if I ever heard one. <laughs> None at all. Um, that's because God wants to be able to walk up to someone like he, like he hardened Pharaoh's heart. He wanted to tell him, you know, this is what you really wanted. I gave you the strength to express your inner intention, no matter what was happening on the outside. So in the end of days, no one can say, oh, I, 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 you misunderstood me, or no, I didn't understand. No, there are no fences. And a love of Israel really reveals the, the, the total inner essence of the person. So Christians who, who love Israel, it says something very deep inside. It tells, them, it tells me what kind of Christian they are. Wow. It doesn't tell me just their support for Israel. Um, and, there are the, and, and we have a saying in, in, in the Talmud that, um, the, that, that the Bible can be, the Torah can be a, a drug for life or a drug for death. Mm. And there, there are, there are I, I've, I've encountered Christians who read the same verses, in the same Bible, and what comes out is is hatred and anger, and and something that I that I just cannot connect with. Yes. And then there are others who read the very same verses, yes. and it's 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 beautiful. Yes. It's beautiful what what they come out and their approach to the world and what they want to bring into the world. So, I kind of mean yes, pro-Israel Christians, but it's not. <laughs> It's not a political thing. It is a soul thing. And my listening friend, we're gonna, we've are gonna. we got about one more minute left in this segment, but I just want to uh, show my appreciation to Adam, Adam Berkowitz, and he is a remarkable journalist uh, with the BreakingIsraelNews.com. You can go check him out. Uh, you're going to find a well-balanced journalist. You know, in America, uh, Adam, we're having trouble finding well-balanced journalists, especially with political things going on and things like that. There's bias everywhere. And I know a little bit about, uh, from an Israel standpoint, there's a lot of bias there as well. So you have to choose your uh, authors carefully, my listening friend, and uh, you will find Adam Berkowitz to be one of the balanced ones. And we appreciate that. Appreciate that. We're, we're, uh, we've got about a few, few, like 30 seconds in this segment, but uh, I just want to encourage you, my friends, uh, Israel 
you look in Scripture, Israel is the pivotal part of God's plan for redemption. And not only the Tanakh or what we would call the Old Testament, it's all burgeoning there. We just have to have the heart and the willingness to dig in. And uh, I love my relationship with my Orthodox Jewish friends because they stir me and they convict me and uh, cause me to dig more deeply. My friend, uh, we're having a good time. We've got this entire hour with um, Adam Berkowitz of the Breaking Israel News. <laughs> He's a journalist, but I'm going to use my journalistic skills to dig more deeply into the character and person of Adam and also the character and person of journalism in Israel and see where they connect with the Tanakh and the creator of the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. My listening friends, Adam and I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. We are back with a remarkable hour, and I've got my newfound best friend, Adam Berkowitz, and he is in in the in Israel, and uh, you actually hang around in the Golan Heights, er, the Golan area, is that, is that what I understood, uh, uh, Adam? Uh, that's, that's where I live with my family, yes. and uh, I occasionally go down to Jerusalem uh, for work. You know, I, I, need, I need to brag on you just a little bit. The way I came across a- Adam and his articles was there was a, an article talking about 70 nations just recently, they may even still be there, uh, representatives of 70 nations coming into Israel and blessing Israel. And th- there's a lot of scripture that supports that. And it's really the, the support of the non-literal Jew brought together in these days in this remarkable thing. And it's an, a plan and even <laughs> an ulterior motive of the creator. So that's where I met him by reading his article and seeing the balance. He actually dealt with uh, the Jew, the Jewish uh, perspective uh, on the people coming back and th- they were doing on I think uh, I think it was on the Mount of Olives uh, um, Adam they they were there was a sacrifice going on and the, a lot of That's Christians true. said oh, oh we don't you know the blood sacrifice no thank you because you know that was solved in the New Testament by a guy named Jesus so we, 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 we don't embrace that but you were so wise in the manner in which you did your article you spoke not only from from the Hebrew perspective in the Jewish perspective, you've said, Here, here's a note to you Christians, and it was a very gracious, well-balanced note, and you even spoke to the people who were the uh, vegetarian-type people, <laughs> and you said, here's my take on that. It was, I said to myself, this man is balanced. I like that. We need balance, because part of the, a major part of the end of days is the returning of the exiles. Yes. And I'm, I'm finding that the returning of the exiles is not what we thought. As a, as a Jew coming to Israel— I used to think that the return of the exiles was all the religious Jews uh, in New Jersey and New York buying plane tickets and coming to Israel. <laughs> um, and I'm finding that that's very much not the case, that they're through the, the wonders of genetic testing, something we couldn't even imagine, you know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, um, people are discovering their real roots, which is really miraculous, and that's part of the return of the exiles as well. Yes, um, I think. I think also, and I, I may be. I, excuse me if I if I say something that I don't mean to to, 
to enter into your realm. But I think even there's a move in Christianity to re- return from their exile, from, from the spiritual exile. And I think that, that is also centered in Israel. Yes. Um, and um, I, I think that, the, the re- retur- that when we did the sacrifice on the Mount of Olives, first of all, I want to emphasize um, that there was in, it was in no way, there was no intention to do anything that would, God forbid, insult or, or anything about Christians or Christianity. Appreciate that. Um, it, was, it, was, it was entirely a, a, a recreation of the, of the um, sacrifice that Noah did when he came out of the ark. Yes, yes, yes. It, and, was, and, not, it was not a sin offering. It was a, it was like, returned to the off, offerings that was prophesied. Yes, in the, in the in, in the Bible. Yes, and you you, you so, said that very clearly. My listening friend, I'm not going to dig more deep, much more deeply into this topic, uh, but I want you to know that that. Uh, there are things going on in Israel that is actually returning the focus to God's heart cry. And uh, a lot of these actions and activities, we with discerning hearts have to discern and parse out uh, the, the messages there. And uh, some people were taking exactly. this, this uh, event on the Mount of Olives as being, you know, sin sacrifice and things like that. And you, you were very astute in the way that you dealt with that. And I'm not going to carry it any further. If, if you want to dig into that, my listening that. friend, you can, you can, you can go to, uh, I, I just have one request. I think yes. you were, you, 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 your, your comment right now was, was very essential. And what I'm asking is that before people have a, a gut reaction, um, they should, they should weigh it, um, with the theology and the Bible, um, I have a lot of very learned Christian friends who, who, who understand Christian theology, and without exception, they were all very supportive. Yes. Um, there, there were Christians who chose not to be there. So um, there is not a war between Jews and Christians going on, and that was not a, a theological war. The opposite is true. Exactly. There's this coming, there's this coming together, which I think is the most powerful sign that the Messiah is on the way. <laughs> um, no, I'm serious, because, because this has never happened before. Jews and Christians have never been friends before um, since the time of Jesus. Yes. Um, that was the last time we were friends. Yes. And, and this coming together um, that is taking so many forms and is such a powerful wave, um, this is... This is it goes against the rules of history. Yes. The fact that the fact that Israel came back goes against the rules of history. We are seeing miracles that don't make sense and, 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 and transcend nature. And one of them is the fact that you and I can have a, a dialogue that that allows me to walk away a better Jew and you to walk away a better Christian. My that's that's huge. It's huge. My listening friend, have, now do you understand why I was so uh, magnetized by this man? His heart, his heart and his character comes through in the words that he writes and the words that he speaks. So uh, it's an honor to have you, you with me. And I don't want to build you up too much because, you know, the, the swollen head thing could be a danger to yeah, everybody. Let's talk a little bit about, let's talk a little bit about, uh, your journalistic focus, and one of the things that's so captivating is you use a phrase, uh, Bible-based 
articles or journalism. Uh, let's uh, excavate that just a little bit more in this segment. And then I want to talk about another thing about uh, the, uh, Aliyah and, and, and people coming back to Israel. It's bigger and different from the way you thought. It's definitely bigger and different from the way that I thought. But ironically, it's also bigger and better and different from the way many other Orthodox rabbinical Jews that are going are having to rethink this as well, and they have to dig back into uh, the Tanakh and, and Scripture and go, oh, oh, this is okay. I get the nuances now, you know. So let, let's talk a little Absolutely. bit about Bible-based journalism and uh, people that are pursuers of truth. In all honesty, let me be honest with you, my listening friend. People that are honest purveyors of the truth, the real truth, it will always be Bible-based because God is a God. Of truth, so speak a little bit about the Bible-based aspect of your journalism. Would you, would you please, Adam Berkowitz? Sure. Um, well, first of all, the, the, the being a, 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 a religiously observant Jew who who wants to write journalism, there are a few rules that come upon me that that aren't um, applicable to people or don't don't bind people who are not religious. I, I prefer not. I prefer not. I don't do what's called lashon hara. I don't slander. Um, and I've also found that that good news does sell. People want to hear good. They want to they want to be uplifted. Yes. Uh, you don't have to speak to the to the to the down part of people. I try not very much not to do anything incendiary or insightful. It's not necessary. I'd rather build up the good than than you know. I could I uh, living in Israel. I could certainly spend my day writing bad things about Palestine. Or the Arabs. It's not necessary. <laughs> it's, it's not necessary. It's, it's not necessary. It's not productive. It doesn't bring us any closer to our goal of Geula. And who, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that the people who may consider me an enemy right now are also going to be an essential part of, of that process. Ooh. So, so the Palestinians, you know, they're, they're certainly, and a lot of them are Jewish. Yes, yes, yes. So... A very, a very um, profound observation, I must add, Adam. Very, very profound, and and, and that uh, that heart cry when, comes when through. We had, when we had the when we had the um, meeting of the conference of the organization of the seventy nations, um, invitations were sent out um, to Palestinians um, and also even to Iran, what we call Persia. Yes, um, they were they were invited. We had a, a woman, an Arab speaker, um, who who sent out invitations and tried to make connections. We, we almost had people um, coming who were, um, who were Pashtun. And Pashtun, they're, they're Muslims, they're the largest ethnic group in Pakistan. And um, Pakistan, Pakistani people cannot come to Israel. And we were trying through back channels to, the, to get them to come in. They're, they have a very strong tradition of their tribes. They're very clearly part of Israel. Yes. The in-gathering... When, when it comes to the ingathering, you can't play favorites and you can't pick and choose. Yes. I want, I want to devote the entire next segment to the talking about the, the people. You talk about people from different uh, ethnicities, but when you dig more deeply, they, and ethnicity actually comes back to, shall we say, Hebrew roots. So in, in, the, in the next segment, we want to talk a little bit more about this. You talked about uh, making Aliyah, which is uh, being invited back to Israel as your uh, promised land. And this, uh, you know, this spans a lot of different, what you would call people groups, but they all have uh, uh, Hebrew, Israeli 
uh, Jewish hearts in in other ways. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the next segment. Segment. Sure. Uh, we're, sure. I'm, I'm with uh, Adam Berkowitz, and uh, he is a remarkable journalist for Breaking Israel News. We're going to talk about this and more when we come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Greg Hendricks, Rock Church, East County. God is doing a wonderful work in the city of San Diego and all over the world. He's uniting the hearts of the people, but most importantly, he's drawing us back to what our original purpose is, to love each other. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. And yes, indeed, my friends, we're back again. Come Together San Diego, in San Diego, visiting with and partnering with Israel and the Jerusalem area and the Golan area with this person in particular. I think you are falling in love with him. His name is Adam Berkowitz. He's a journalist. When I say journalist, I don't uh, I don't uh, take that word sparingly. A journalism as in pursuit of truth. This man is that man. And he writes for BreakingIsraelNews.com. Check him out. So, Adam, you know, we started a, an interesting topic in the last segment, uh, and I, I want to deal more deeply in this segment, if you don't mind, the, the topic of Aliyah, making Aliyah as in returning to Israel. But everybody's having to rethink what that actually means. What we thought it meant is not something that the, the creator of the universe means. It's, it's a much deeper a uh, more complex term, but it's also much more inviting. Would you like to speak a bit about that uh, in this segment, Adam Berkowitz? Sure. Um, the, the Aliyah, as we understand it, for, for, the, for the Jews coming back to Israel, was established by the secular Israelis, and they wanted to set up Israel as a refuge uh, in the wake of, of the Holocaust. But that's actually a short-sighted uh, perception of what Israel actually is and who it really is intended to serve as a nation. Um, Israel should be, uh, when we did that sacrifice uh, on the Mount of Olives, uh, the gentleman who did the actual sacrifice, as he was performing the sacrifice, he cried out, um, Abba, um, bring us home, bring us home. And I think that's something that, that every single person of faith can, can, can also cry out, um, bring us home. And, and it means so many things uh, for so many people. So, so Aliyah, which means going up, uh, it, it's, it's centered around Israel, but that means different things for different people. And I think that, that even for, and, and I, I apologize to, to say that this is what I think of Christianity, but I think that Christianity is also going home. It's going home spiritually, and that's also a physical journey. Um, and that means that the creation of the state of Israel was hugely transformative. It's, you know, it's, it's difficult to say that, that God's word was canceled out and there's a new covenant. And when you're looking at a miraculous manifestation, a really miraculous manifestation of the eternal aspect of God's word, that when he makes a promise, whether it's to one particular people or if it's a promise in the Bible that says that if you do good, I will, I, you will be with me. 
Yes. Um, these promises are real, and they don't go away. Yes. And I think I think the whole world suddenly saw that in front of them, and the Jews also saw that. Yes. Um, and I think that that a, a living creature reacts to, to a new reality, to a surrounding. Yes. And I think that, that any person of faith has to inspect that manifestation of the eternal aspect of God's Word and to respond to it. Yes. To, to modify himself to it. And Jews as well. And I'm, I'm struggling with that. Well, I think I think part of God's plan is for every every one of us to struggle so that we have to, in all honesty, like the birthing, there's a struggle of that baby coming out there. I mean, this is uh, there's a a little anxiety going on there because you're not sure what you're going to be facing. But, you know, uh, the the powers that be, the reflection, the, uh, you know, the contractions of the woman are forcing that child into a new reality. And I think in in a very symbolic but real sense, that's what's happening in Israel and uh, many of the other nations who really embrace Israel. I'm gonna, can, God, let me give you my thought here on this, and then you can give me your input sure. and set me straight, okay? Uh, my, my heart cry is what uh, I embrace King David. That's, that's my focal point in, in, throughout Scripture uh, in, in God building again the tabernacle of David and the return to Israel and things like that. And what I'm seeing is this, and give me your input on this. I'd love to hear this. Uh, to Adam, but as it was in in David's day, David wasn't only concerned with the tribe of Judah and Benjamin, those two tribes whom he brought from Hebron to establish this nation. Uh, King David's heart cry was to assemble all 12 tribes. And, you know, sometimes we and our our finite thinking, we go, okay, well, the Jews are coming back to Israel. So, and, and that's a true statement. But the truth of the matter, if you want to dig more deeply and excavate more deeply, the truth is Israel is coming back to Israel. God's kids are coming back. And that's not just the two tribes of of. Uh, of of Judah and Benjamin coming back, and that's fine. And but those are the ones who are going to come back first. If you work the history in reverse, these are the ones that are coming back first. But if you continue that reverse building of history, you realize that other tribes must be coming back as well. And so when when I hear Aliyah, that phrase of uh, go, going up, uh, you know, uh, from a rabbinical standpoint, who've been steeped in Jewish, as in uh, uh, Judaism and the Benjamite, Benjamites, they've been steeped in those truths, have to expand and go, wait a minute, God's truths are even bigger than that because there were 12 tribes <laughs> and not two. So would you would you like to input on that as well? I know you're a lover of sure, Scripture. So. I, think, I, think, I think you started to open the box and now it's all out there. <laughs> um, is Israel coming back, the Jews coming back to Israel, we're supposed to be a, a kingdom of, of priests. And a priest cannot exist with with someone without someone to serve. Um, if you if you open up the shop for service, you got to have people lining up to, to to bring the sacrifices to serve God. And that's why we're coming back. We we're coming back to serve. Uh, the light has to go out. But if the light goes out and there's no one there to receive it, well, we did nothing. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I think there's I think there's very clearly a returning. Um, and the Jews have to. The Jews have to modify. The Jews have to, because you mentioned King David, King Solomon, when he dedicated the temple. The second thing he said, the second thing, was God, please accept the prayers of the foreigners. It was not a Jewish temple. I have this theory that if if if, if we're very angry about Moshe Dayan, um, 
giving the keys of the Temple Mount to the Waqif, to the, to the Muslims, uh, right after the 1967 war. But if he hadn't done that, there would be a big synagogue on the top of the Temple Mount, and that would be horrible. Because my. that's not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations. My, my, my. So by doing that horrible thing, he made it so that right now, I mean, for political expediency, perhaps, but for, for very deeply correct spiritual reasons, I need you up there. Wow. I can't go up there by myself. It's a house of prayer for all nations. It's not a synagogue. And the crime that's going up a on up there. Not that the Muslims are there. The big crime is that only the Muslims are up there. <laughs> wow, wow, Christians wow. are not allowed to pray up there. Christians, you can't go up there with a cross. You cannot go up there with the Bible. You cannot go up there with, 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 a, with a prayer book. You cannot go up there as a Christian. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And, and, it's, and that's why it is a return to, to, and that was the original vision of the temple, Perhaps one of the things we did wrong was we moved away from that. And God willing, uh, now we won't. But it is a return, Aliyah, for everyone. And, and, and the change is uncomfortable. Well, change they, yes, it is. The rules are changing. And, and I think the, the Jews also, that we have to reassess. And there is a movement. The whole movement to go up to the temple is from Jews who are saying, we need to be the Jewish people. We don't need to be the Jews in Poland, the Jews in the... In the in the shtetl in, in Eastern Europe, we need to be the Jews of the Bible. We need to be the descendants of King David, wearing hiking boots and jeans, and and striding through the the, the Holy Land and and making it holy for for, um, for for to send the light of the Torah out into the world and to have the world come to see the light of the Torah being revealed. Yes, yes. To plant actual vineyards in in the Samaria to to. To, to make the land bloom, to do, to do the things with our hands, to get our hands dirty. Yes. And that's, that's what we need to return we, to. We, we know, no question about it. And we're going to extrapolate this and summarize this in the last segment as well because we're getting close to the end of this segment. I tell you what, uh, Adam, it goes so fast. Once you get on a roll, all of a sudden mm-hmm. you have to do a pause for commercial breaks, such is the way of the broadcast world, I'm afraid. What a remarkable topic. And, you know, we, we're talking about uh, Aliyah, meaning uh, being called to uh, go back up, go back up, obviously, from a we'll biblical standpoint. To the temple, go up to the Aliyah temple, to but but uh, also from a from a Davidic standpoint, before the temple mount, there was Mount Zion, and there was mm-hmm. uh, the, the Davidic Jerusalem, and uh, you know that that holy hill. It also includes the holy uh, the Mount Moriah as well. But uh, there's, there's there's always a, some mountain he wants us to climb. <laughs> let's let's hold that thought and, and carry it through in the last segment. We're going to talk about mountains, natural and spiritual and symbolic mountains that God wants us to climb when uh, Adam Berkowitz of BreakingIsraelNews.com and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. K-Praise. 
Well, indeed. Back again with a remarkable topic, but also a remarkable co-host, Adam Berkowitz. And he's the journalist, a journalist for Breaking Israel News. And his mandate is to communicate truth and to communicate truth as it relates to or is based in the Bible, but that's not so hard to do because if you look more deeply, you'll find that uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, his truths are, are, are everywhere and the Tanakh speaks of those. So uh, if you're just a, a, a pursuer of truth, you will get there if it's honest truth rather than fake news. <laughs> so Adam... <laughs> mm-hmm. and, he's, and he's still in the world and he's still... He's still showing that he's here. He sure is. And one of the things that he's really loving doing is revealing himself in unusual ways that we we Christians and the Jews, Orthodox Jews or ultra-Orthodox Jews or whomever, uh, indeed, we need to expand the tenth peg, so to speak, and get the full intent of the Tanakh and or what we had called the Old Testament. So do a little bit of summary on the things that we've talked about. And then I'm going to I want to have you talk about current news events that are stirring you? Sure. Um, I think what we basically spoke about is uh, the rules are changing both for Christians and Jews. Uh, the world is changing. Uh, and the, the litmus test and the catalyst was uh, the un, undeniable manifestation of God's uh, eternal promise, which was Israel. Yes. Um, and it's, it's hugely challenging for Jews. Uh, a lot of Jews are not standing up to the challenge, and they're not coming back to Israel, and they're not realizing that this is what what, what we have to do since we have Israel. Um, and a lot of uh, Christians are also being challenged. Yes. Because uh, uh, I once said, I think I don't think that the Vatican and Israel can coexist. <laughs> and there are so many lovely uh, Catholic people and so many lovely uh, priests, but, but that was meant as a replacement for the temple. Yes, and that's and when you say replacement, that's where the replacement theology comes from. That takes uh, Israel and the Jews out of the equation. I mean, please. Mm-hmm. I understand that, but that is precisely replacement theology is a huge issue. I'm actually planning on uh, putting together a book about it, essays from people, because it is so hugely important. It's important for the for the Christians to take, to look at it and understand it. I think it's one of the most detrimental things that's happened to Christians. Oh, I agree. Is replacement theology. It has, it's a huge package. It's not just, it's not one simple statement. I'm hoping that some of the listeners will, will, um, will hear it and, and understand that they need to do some, they need to do some legwork on their own. And, exactly. And, and understand what they're going through. That's right. Because your faith cannot be fully founded on somebody else's input. Ultimately, it has to be something that's in, in, ingrained and embedded within you, my listening friends. So this, oh. so, so what, what Adam and I are, are doing right now is encouraging you to get back to the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help you God. And God has to play the big part in this equation. So let's change Amen. gears a little bit Amen. here, Adam, and talk a little bit about uh, current news, current news events, because the Kurds in my heart and mind are front and center on what is happening in the Middle East, and obviously that affects you. We've got about uh, six minutes or so left in this hour, so choose your words wisely as you give us some insights on what's going on with the Kurds and Israel. Uh, This is another area where we all have to rethink things, isn't it? Absolutely, Uh, and the press, the media at large, is, is doing a huge disservice. Um, in that they've turned it into a, a political, sectarian, 
um, issue when actually this is straight up um, religious theological. Uh, it is not Republican because of the whole Trump thing. They've decided to use it as ammunition against Trump. Yes. When the, the pity is um, the people who are screaming at Trump for abandoning the Kurds, they don't care about the Kurds. That's right. They don't. I was shocked to find out um, well, er, uh, Erdogan, um, he's, he's a problematic character, and he wants to – Turkey is on the bridge between Europe and, and, and Asia. And for that reason, they went from being the Ottoman Empire, which was, which was Muslim, uh, and it was one of the major uh, Muslim leaders, to being a westernized country. And it was very good for them. And as a result, they became a NATO member. Yes. And they became an, uh, an ally of the U.S. And yes. that happened in World War II. Erdogan is five giant steps backward for them. And he wants to bring back the Ottoman Empire. And I was never, you know, I was never a very good student in school. But when I was speaking to people, and I, I, I made the connection, Ottoman Empire, they, they perpetrated in World War I, I think it was in 1915, the Armenian Genocide. But why were they killing Armenians? Because they were not Muslim. Because they were not Muslim. They were Christians. And as a result, um, they, they killed the Assyrian Christians, who, who were the Arab Christians. They were the first Christians. They were the first followers, of, they were the descendants of the first followers of Jesus who right. stayed here and right. didn't go out into the world. And that's the reason why they were being killed. That is what Erdogan wants to do. And the Kurds, many of them are, are Sunni Muslims. They're also Shiites. And there are also a lot of Christians there. And the, and the, uh, the Christian Arabs in Israel are, are, are screaming out for help. They're screaming out for help for their brothers. And one thing I never understood is that the, that the, the Christians in America um, seem to me, and I hope I'm wrong, they seem to be disconnected from their faith brothers. Yes. Well, and, and let me just give you kind of an overview here, and I'm seeing this disconnection or this level of understanding versus level of misunderstanding. I think this is uh, endemic to the human race. Uh, so so I, I think you always have a core that are pursuing the truth, and they, they have a, a sensitivity to the Kurds, uh, the Jewish nation, and other places where godliness is being uh, espoused, but... Uh, you know, you know, like uh, outer court, holy place, and holy of holies. There are very few that ascend into that holy of holies of absolute truth. So, but I think that that's a common malady in mankind. Anyway, go ahead. Right. It's not. It's not a. It's not a political uh, issue. It is not Republican versus Democrat. It is not Trump. It is not. It is. It is really an issue of faith. The most um, the uh, Americans, I don't think, don't understand that the most oppressed uh, group in the world right now are Christians in the Middle East. Uh, the only place they're safe is Israel. The only place. My. Um, they, and even, I, even people who go to visit Bethlehem, Bethlehem should be, should be protected as the yes. jewel of of, of, of Christianity. It's, it's yeah, and well, place. also of, of, in many ways, Judaism because of, of King David. Sure, sure. Well, 
<laughs> for the same reason, you might say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Messiah thing. You know, we, we, you know, exactly. This is exactly what I, I knew would happen. We open up this magnificent jar. This magnificent jar is called the Tanakh, and there's so many truths yeah. in there for us to actually just spend a meager uh, right. one whole hour segment in this is is minuscule compared to what is necessary. So, right, in the, and that, that's what I mean from the journalistic aspect. Yes, <laughs> to, to turn this issue of the Kurds into a into a political issue is doing such a disservice to what it really is, which yes. is this is a matter of faith, a matter of belief in God, um, and it really is uh, straight up good against evil. Yes. It is not Republican versus Democrat. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, a sectarian issue. Yes, and I have a suspicion you're going to be writing on this prolifically into the future as well. And my friend, I, this is a good time for us to reemphasize the website where you can go to find out more about this and this author, uh, his name is Adam Eliyahu. Eliyahu. Thank you. Berkowitz. And uh, he writes for BreakingIsraelNews.com. Go there and check out his writings. You're going to find out more, not only about the Kurds, but you're going to find out more about biblical insights, actually, in modern-day journalism. How amazing. Give me your 30-second <laughs> spiel there, Adam. Okay. The truth is not only here. The truth is is being revealed in its entirety like never before. Yes. Um, this is the time when, when people of faith have to really do their work. This is the, this is the last stretch. Um, <laughs> all of, uh, and, and this is the time when you really have to dig down deep, find the truth, and not give up on it. Um, the Jews as well. And we have to meet. Ooh. And meet means that there's going to be a change there. And I'm working so hard to change my people. I just, we have to open up the door. We have to step up and do our function, which is to, to we were not given the Bible for us. Yeah, Clearly Ooh, not. I love the it. The Bible came, it went out to the whole world, and, there and you we go. have to let the light shine. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm trying to get people to do that. Open <laughs> up the window and let the light shine out. I like it, like it, like it, like it. Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz, uh, a, a journalist with BreakingIsraelNews.com. My listening friend, uh, this uh, hour has gone fleetingly, and Adam, I'm, I really invite you to come back. We'll, we'll dig more deeply into the Tanakh, you and I, and we'll ex- exercise truth. And my listening friend, thank you for joining us in this segment, and Adam, thank you for joining us thank on this you. segment of Come Together San Diego. It was blessed. It was blessed. Thanks for joining Chaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. This is 